Welcome to episode 14 of Collector's Quest. Today, Kat and I talked to Steve, one of the board members of the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, and he gives us all the details on the expo happening at the end of this month. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another edition of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat, here with Johnny. Hey Kat, how's it going? Good, but it's not just the two of us today. There's somebody else here. That's right, we have a guest. We have an exclusive interview with one of the board members of the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, and his name is Steven. How are you doing, Steven? Great, great. How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. I want to know about what the SoCal uh, Retro Gaming Expo is. So can you tell us what it is? Yeah, absolutely. SoCal Retro Gaming Expo is the first expo in Southern California that is designed for collectors and organized by collectors. All of us have a collection, had passion, and play video games. So we know how it is to have the love of a collection and what to look for and what you want to buy as far as having a collector and being a shopper. So... SoCal Retro Gaming Expo will be held in January of this year, 2016, in California, in the city of industry. It will be held on the 30th and 31st, which is a Saturday and a Sunday, at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. both days. And that's January, and right? That's this month? That's that's this month. That's in a few weeks. Yeah, we're getting very close. Yes, we are, and I'm pretty excited. Okay, you said everybody there is a collector and everybody there is a gamer. I can expect more than just people's rubble from their garage that they dug out and it's dusty and disgusting and that I'm going to have to wash like and bleach when I get home. That These are people who care <laughs> about games? These are collectors and people who care about games. You're going to have a lot of vendors there selling. You're also going to have a lot of collectors selling their doubles or their collection pieces that they want to raise money towards other parts of the collections that they've been desiring. Um, so, I mean... But don't you want to find stuff that's all dirty and beat up <laughs> I, I, so you could clean it and restore it? <laughs> uh, nope. If I want to restore something, I'll buy an old car and I'll, I'll do that, uh, you know, or a pinball machine. I don't need to be, you know, it's, it's kind of gross because I have like my box of unclean stuff. And when I, when I go through there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to sell this or like I'm going to try and trade this. And after I go through that box, I literally have to go wash my hands and then clean out under my nails. And I'm not one of these um, these gamers with like the weird long nails. I, I have really short nails. So for me to get... Uh, <laughs> Which gamers have real long nails? They're, they're, oh, no, I have seen this. I have uh, seen this. Uh, you know, I don't want to throw our people under the bus, but sometimes the nail hygiene is a little bit, a little bit slim. Um, All right. But uh, yeah, mine mine are very short, and clearly this is a weird thing I pay attention to, and I hate dirty nails. But it's something that happens to me, so no, I don't I don't enjoy that process. So I'm enjoying looking through clean games, bad games, and that is why I liked your shop when I found it. To be perfectly honest, that I knew it was run by a collector. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, um, the collect the whole uh, all the vendors are going to be different, so I can't really control what they bring. But we're going to have a great great inventory of games all around i'm going to be running the expo so you're going to have that clean organized professional environment for everybody to walk through everything's going to be organized everything's going to be put put in place where it should be i'll have our brand there too as well but we do have a lot of um 
stores that will be there, and they they seem to take care of their merchandise. Um, as far as separate collectors and other people, uh, I'm not sure. You know, um, people uh, collectors seem to sell stuff in not such clean, um, not as clean as you want them to be, because mainly because usually you're getting it for like a cheaper deal or trades in the first place. Well, Whereas yeah. retail is held to high, I believe should be held to a higher standard. Because um, we do more than just sell them. We clean them, we test them, and put everything out on the shelf. And you should go home and test things, uh, play things, and it should play right away. Right. But yeah, I mean, oh, you're going to have a, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be clean, professional. Well, I'm, I'm working really hard uh, on trying to make sure this is a great experience for everybody, a rememberable experience, not just for the people going there, but also the vendors. Um, right, because you know, this is the, that's, the first one down here, right? The first real big one. This is the first one. This is very crucial and important. So this can make or break. But I'm already excited because I know I've already done my job on my side, as far as far as the board members, and I really I'm just waiting for the week of to start preparation and building and getting everything ready. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I already know it's gonna be a success. Uh, I'm really excited, and um, I'm really. Really looking forward to year two already. <laughs> That's awesome. how excited yeah. I am. Yeah. Okay. So you're I'm already, already looking I'm, to the future. I'm already. Yes, we're already set here. Uh, a lot of people are coming. It's going to be a great, great uh, experience for everybody. We're going to have competitions, tournaments, uh, free play in arcades. We're going to have a little hi- history museum in there because we have a lot of people getting into video game collecting um, just early. You know, uh, yeah, we well, kind of take take for granted that me and you and other people that collect have grew up with this. So they, we have we have that attachment nostalgia that um that other people don't have, but I do like p- of new fresh people that haven't grown up with it coming in because it kind of keeps retro gaming alive. So we're gonna have a lot of um, history and a lot of informational stuff there. Um, we have a whole huge booth dedicated to free play. Um, we're gonna have the Star Fox competition. Uh, we're redoing that. And we're going to be selling uh, reproductions. Your favorite, Johnny? Yeah, <laughs> big fan of uh, of uh, Star Fox competition cartridges. You know, instead of paying eight hundred dollars, you can own it for a way better price. <laughs> yeah, and we're having a Smash Bros tournament, um, a professionally done Smash Bros tournament, which we don't have too many hardcore tournaments around this area. We do, but it's like underground, and there's a lot of casual players that want to get into the tournament business and play. And we just don't have anything or uh, any arenas around Southern California to, um, you know, host that. So we're looking to change that as well. So our whole thing is to try to make it, I guess I could say, like a theme park where there's more than just video games on tables. Okay, so it's more want... more than just a buying show. It's an right. experience, right? It's an experience, correct. But don't get me wrong. We're going to have a lot of video games there. Like, that's my core role goal. Because when I go to an expo, I want to see booths, multiple booths of retro gaming. Uh, you know, I go to certain expos, and I'm not pointing any fingers, but um, I go to certain expos where they have two booths of retro gaming. And the rest are t-shirts and, you know, yeah. perlers or whatever. And that's that's a disappointment. And especially if I have to pay a ticket to get in. Right. If you're paying to get in, that uh, is a big that's a big disappointment. It, it's a trend lately, and I love that people love games, but... There a lot of emphasis come becomes on these kind of ancillary items, toys, stuff, plushes, and things like that. And that and that's fine. It has its place. But I'm there for games. Right. Exactly. We're all there for games. Right. But 
I, I kind of want also to involve people playing the games because there's just uh, a lot of collectors, and I think it's a shame that they don't play most of their games. They got to test them out and play them and love them and appreciate each game they have. And uh, we want to kind of expose a lot of new people to a lot of game playing um, over there too as well. Okay. Because, you know, I find out in my, my personally, my collection, I find so many amazing games that I never even heard of just because I'm going for a complete collection on my Super Nintendo. I'm finding all these amazing games that I never had a chance to play just because I never knew they existed. Because every game I get in, I, I pop in and play. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to expose new people and educate new people that are coming into the um, industry and to share, you know, share the love of retro gaming. Well, and that, that brings me to kind of my next set of questions. You've talked to us about the expo, but I kind of, and I know Kat is interested in hearing too. How did you get started? Like, we all start as gamers, right? We're always gamers first. So when did you get start started gaming? When I was five years old. You were five years old? <laughs> in 85. Uh, yeah, in 85, I was five years old. My mother entered me into um, uh, drawing to win a $2,000 sweepstakes to Toys R Us. Okay. And uh, back then, Chuck E. Cheese was called Showbiz Pizza, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And um, my mom entered me in that contest. It was the Showbiz Pizza contest. And I won. You won? <laughs> that, that, so this. I won. And, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily uh, a kid brought up in, you know, in, uh, you know, in a rich standing. You know, my parents were young when they had me. And they were struggling, and you know I didn't have much, but that's when I got my Atari 2600, and that's when I got my NES console, and a lot of games and a lot of toys, and that's when it kind of all started. You know, um, I always cherished the video gaming, I always cherished the box art. I, I always felt ashamed throwing it away, so I always knew to keep everything intact, and uh, I still have all of it, and that's the amazing part. Um, and, and I look at it now, and it's in pretty good condition i mean they're not tens but they're like like good sevens you know uh, for a kid to ho- hold on to these things for so long um you know i'm kind of happy oh. and i even have my a little she- sheets of paper like for instance like uh, castlevania dracula x i have my little codes in my handwriting and my sister has her codes too as well so it's kind of cool to have all this and uh obviously the passion has been there forever um you know i, I you know i went to school i went to college i got my degrees i started careering did all my stuff and it all really started pointing to the business end when I got laid off the first time. Um, my daughter was uh, barely born, and um, the company that I did so much great uh, was the Golden Boy. You know, um, laid me off for uh, no reason, just because they had to uh, cut back. So that made me think, and I. I I was I was at that time it was like 2000 I would say 2003 2004 okay. um, where um, I was just always hitting up Craigslist always hitting up online buying a lot of stuff online buying doubles for my collection uh, I, I guess you could say I was a hoarder okay um, but I, I collect a lot of stuff and I, I felt the means to always hit up swap meets and that was like a, a hobby of mine a side hobby always just grabbing extra collections so I had a, a quite a bit amount of inventory. And self-consciously, I guess, I was always determined to make a video game store. Um, but I just didn't have the time to because I was working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week. Um, so when they laid me off, I found a job right away. Way better paying job. And I was really happy. But I always had at the back of my head that I'm not in control of my destiny. You know, I, you know, this could happen or companies change and, you know, they, they make adjustments to whatever they got to do. And I didn't like the fact that I would always imply policies that companies kept and used 
So I'm giving them all this information and I felt it was worth more than that. I felt my passion and my uh, involvement and the way I would uh, build um, should be more valued than these companies valued me as. So after working seven months in this new company, I just, um, you know, uh, left my my 30 day notice. I was nice. You know, I left on good terms and it was a little sad because I, I, you know, I gained relationships with a lot of good people there and I had fun working there. Um, but I wanted to do my own thing. And uh, I wanted to make my own business. And uh, that following Saturday, I had a table. I called ahead of time, reserved it. Um, I reserved it at Frankenstein's Collectible Show in California. Okay, why don't you tell us? And uh, I just, a lot of our listeners don't know what Frankenstein's is, so kind of try and describe it because it's hard to describe. Yes, it really is. Uh, I always tell people it's the Costco for nerds. Yeah. You know, it, you walk in there, it's a huge warehouse. It has everything. You could ever imagine baseball cards, jerseys, magic cards, toys, figures, everything, Com- video games. It was games. actually games weren't too pre- prevalent back when when you started up. You were one of no, the... no, they weren't. And um, I was one of the one of the um, bigger boot bigger um, video game vendors right away day one. And um, day one, amazing in sales. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is this is gonna be good. And uh, I was underpricing my stuff big time, you know, because I'm trying to generate. A customer base i'm trying to generate long-term customers and i always knew that that you know you have to be fair you have to be you have to generate uh, long-term customers if you want to have a long-term business um i did not like any of the and i think another reason why i opened up a store is because i would i would never find a store that i would truly like shopping uh, like you like we, like what you just said about video games being dirty overpriced um Maybe the uh, owner or, or vendors or whatever just ha- didn't want to talk to you about stuff or didn't ha- didn't give you the chance to like um, answer all your questions. Or didn't know, you know, a lot of, a lot of it. This, oh, yeah, they just didn't know. <laughs> they too. just knew it was worth I, money, and so you couldn't have a conversation. You could you could only too. talk about and price. That still, still happens. Right. Yes. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, that, I don't know how that happens, but it does. And I just want to provide a professional retail store that sells video games. Period. Right. That was my goal since day one, and it just blew up from then on. You know, um, after a couple months, I had a booth, then a double booth, and then I just kept growing. And I was content with working two days a week for a very long time. Yeah, because the, you know, the show there is it's every Wednesday and Saturday, Wednesday nights and, right, and it, Saturday all day, which yeah. is another part of the weirdness of Frankenstein's. If if you haven't been there, like you said, Costco for nerds. It's this giant building, but it's open Wednesdays from like three to nine and then saturdays from like was it 9 a.m to five or three or something yeah nine to five yeah and yeah on saturdays nine to five but they have it open on wednesdays because i think that's comic book release day yeah right so i think that's why it's on that weird open day yeah, and there are a lot of comics but, there too there's like a whole area yeah and it's like honestly it's like almost world famous it's like the best kept world famous secret in the world right and because a lot of people go there. Yeah, a lot of people go there, and they they have autograph signings. Which, like, if you look at it, it's a very unassuming kind of. You kind of look at it and go, "Where am I going?" I know the first time I went, I'm like, "What the hell is this? Are we going into an industrial building?" But they have, you know, big name sports stars come in for signings. Stan Lee has been there. You know, lots of crazy people have been yeah. there uh, for autographs. So it like it's this weird like half flea market, half collector show that is super popular. Uh, without being well known yes it really is and and as of being a vendor there for the last eight years or so um it's kind of fun like 
I meet like celebrities all the time. Like I just met Kurt Gibson. Oh, really? <laughs> on Saturday, yes. You know, because I, you know, I guess I have access to a lot of that over there, and it's pretty cool. And it's really amazing meeting a lot of uh, sport athletes and celebrities in that area. So if you haven't heard of Frankenstein's Collectible Show, whenever you're in town visiting California, or if you're already in California, please go there because it's an amazing spot. Right, and that's the uh, one thing we kind of didn't touch on. This is a huge venue for sports memorabilia and autographs. Mm-hmm. It's it's even yeah it's that's what it's known for. That's where it started right. with uh, sports memorabilia. Yep. So if you need a signed baseball, and I don't, but if you do, you can definitely find one there. Or if you have a blank baseball that wants to get signed by somebody, go check on the website and see if they're going to be there this year. Cat, you would love this place. Most likely they are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe for the games more so than the sports. Uh, No, uh, there's no hockey there, though. Oh, okay. Well, we've already planned this out, and everybody knows that I still can't skate. (laughs) Yeah, she's the only Canadian who can't skate. No, that's not true. (laughs) I I know a few more. It's not true, Cat. No, it it is true. Okay, fine. I concede the point. (laughs) <laughs> so how long you how long you said six years or how long have you been vending at Frank's now? I opened up the booth in June of 2008, and I, I probably met you shortly thereafter. That correct? Like around then? That's when you had like on your side table. Yeah, I would say like year one you were there. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I was I was there. Uh, I start, first started going before you arrived, and it was um, there was games to be bought. More random tables just had games like people who sold toys just randomly would have games on their tables and now there are because i think of the way you served video games there are more dedicated booths just to video games and frankenstein's has really stepped up its level of like sales for video games but you were the first one who came in cleaned it up made it like not a not a side item but you know front and center and and addressed a need for collectors and could speak to collectors and package things the way collectors would like them packaged right and price them accordingly too that was an important part right well you know your prices were fair and then you would go and you'd look and your prices would be the same as say another booth and there was like much worse condition or just not well cared for or just you weren't sure if it was going to work so i mean if you're going to choose between the two i mean i always go with the the collector and if I have to pay a couple dollars more, but I know it's a clean item, it's a you know condition right now, especially as king in video game collecting. That's that's yes. what it's about, right? So I would much rather be serviced by somebody who knows what my needs are than someone who is just there for the buck. I don't mind people making money. Please make money doing this, but you know right. also have some sort of interest in it as well and be able to identify with what your customers want rather than just well take it or leave it and you know. I'm the only game in town kind of situation. Right, exactly. And that's that's why I wanted to be involved because I wanted to offer a fair market for this industry. And uh, I really started during a recession when um, people weren't really collecting as much. Um, the collecting really boomed it probably like in 2012, I'd say. What do you think, Johnny, um, around that time? Yeah, I mean, well... It, it did boom, even though there was a recession. In like 2007, it started to pick up, right? And then it hit like a mini boom in 2010. And then 2012, I think, is when things kind of went insane. I, I think that's like yes. when when I hit a point where I just looked and went, whoa, things have kind of gone off the rails here. And I, I think I'm helping <laughs> that process. <laughs> but, um, you know, you could definitely feel the shift. And people were taking it much more seriously 
which is good and bad, right? Uh, it's the pricing got right. a lot higher, but also, you know, people were more into it, and the, you know, people were, you know, they were taking care to find games, and there was more people talking about games, and you could kind of see that we'd hit a, a saturation point uh, where. You know, it wasn't just quietly these guys who've been playing games their whole life, but new people had started collecting. You Like people from the N64 era were finally in the mix, too. Before, I felt like old Atari guys, the angry old men of collecting Nintendo and Super Nintendo collectors that were kind of also buying this other stuff on the side. I felt like in 2012, that's you hit this point. Where it was beyond just those three groups buying. Yeah, it really shifted gears. Like even the expos before like 2010 were all pre-crash. And they really didn't consider PlayStation 1 or Dreamcast Retro. And now now that has taken over. Like, it's all just NES, Dreamcast, PS1. That's, like, what we love the most is what's the core. And Atari is kind of put to the side now because there's just way more of us that desire it. Right. So it's definitely switched. Yeah, 2012, we felt a little impact um, of sales in- <laughs> increase that year, for sure. Um, if you remember, I opened up a few more booths over there at Frankenstein's during that year. Right, you went from and, uh, one to to two, kind of a bigger center booth mm-hmm. in the store, right, in, in the show, right? Right, yeah, because I was offered a better space um, by the owner, and I said, sure, I'll, I'll take it, but it wasn't quite big to fit everything over, and I end up saying, I'll just keep all all of them then for a while until that spot gains gains a little more space. So now I have three booths over there in the corner, in the right in the middle. So it all works out. Um, but, yeah, I was always told I need to open up a store, and I was always that person that just didn't want to be working two days, uh, just want to only be working two days a week. But uh, I ended up opening up a store last year in April, and I regret not opening one sooner. <laughs> so the so now you've gone, your journey has been from random guy buying at flea markets to guy with yes. a table to guy with two, three tables all pushed together, to, you know, several booths at one place, to now you have that booth still and a store yes what was the switch that flipped for you to go say okay i'm gonna go beyond just this two days a week i'm hitting five you know or five or seven i days think a week. um yeah i think i got a little a little complacent um things were good things were great um i got a little bored okay and i wanted to challenge myself and i said let's just do it and that's what i did i ended up doing a lot of research for a whole year of where to open up a store um looking at um, commercial real estate and seeing what's the best fit for the industry and what would work. And I decided to move in Diamond Bar, California. And um, it's about 10 minutes away from Frankenstein, so it's kind of nice to have these those two close together. Right. Especially if Frankenstein's is only open two days a week, it's nice to have a sidebar of a store that's open every day, 11 to 5, 11 to 8. I'll tell you, yeah, I'm working 12-hour days. Well, yeah, you are, <laughs> and, you are a small business owner. Yep. So uh, and it doesn't feel like it, honestly, like I'm not burnt out whatsoever because I'm also running this store and running an expo at the same time. And I'm loving every minute of it. And I think that's just the difference between um, people that are in it for the money and people that are in it for the passion of gaming. I'm able to go that extra mile and push harder and do things and create things and want to do better and uh, never satisfied with my work. I want to keep growing compared to the person that's happy with making that single buck over and over. And what is the name of, well, what is the name of your store? We keep dancing around it. What is it called? (laughs) It's a secret. (laughs) It's a super video game bros. Yep. And I've been there and it's a, it is a great store and it is reflective of how your booths were and how this, how you run your store. Um, 
and I, I want to say people like, oh, he, a guy runs a some booths at a store. He's got employees. It's 100% legit, you know, clean, excellent service uh, the whole way. Because I know sometimes people think of, oh, a guy at the, with a booth or a table, like, what is that like? No, it's 100% completely professional. And um, you don't have the website fully up yet, do you, for the store? Yeah, the website's oh, up. www.supervideogamebros.com. And can, can we buy through your website? Yeah, you sure can. Awesome. We only have uh, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and PS1 and Sega Genesis up. Um, but yeah, I have an issue with stuff selling really quick, so we run out of stock a okay. lot. And I'm trying my best to keep stock um, going on, and that has been a constant challenge. So, um, But we always, um, at least you could see it as a price guide, and you could always call the store if we got it in, because some, more of the chances we get stuff in stock and it sells before you have the time to take a picture of it and put it on a website. Right. Well, I know a lot of it shows up on Instagram, too. So what's your Instagram yeah. for the store? Yeah, the Instagram is the same thing as our company name, Super Video Game Bros. Right, and you guys should definitely... So we, you should follow them. Cat follows them, right? You follow Super... Yeah. And so do I. I. I do. Yeah, we, yeah, we all follow each okay, other. Okay, excellent. Now we've, we've hit this store, which is going well for the last year, right? Have you hit your anniversary? No, no, but it feels close. Oh, it's April, it's uh, April yeah, the anniversary. April. Yeah, man, it's it's already almost been a full year. That time is. Yeah. It feels like you just opened it like yesterday to me. I yes, I mean yes. you're kind of far away from me, so I I don't make it out there as much as I would like. I know we were talking about it. Was it last Thanksgiving? We around that time we talked about you were going to open, and I was like, okay. And then I feel like it's been two minutes since we had that conversation. <laughs> no, no kidding. Yeah, time does fly. So and now we've hit we've come kind of full circle and we're back at the expo. So how did how did you get involved in that? Like what when well, you went from all this other stuff and you said, oh, you know what else I need? I need something else on my back. Let's let's yeah right. let, let's do one more thing. So how did you how did this happen? Uh, well, I had plans for it uh, about two years ago to run an expo. Um, I always saw Vegas do one CGE, and I always saw Portland do them. And I noticed that we didn't have any here. Um, we've had little meetings and get-togethers. Um, and those are awesome. I love those. But we didn't have them on the same scale as um, Portland or uh, um, CGE or any other expos that happen around our, our semi-area, Midwest uh, Classics and all these other cool ones that happen. And uh, I wanted to have that happen because I noticed when we would go to these, uh, I noticed a lot of collectors and customers couldn't make it because it's, it's expensive. You know, you have to pay for the ticket, plane ticket, your uh, your stay there at a hotel, and that's like a seven to seven hundred dollars to a thousand dollar trip alone. And we have a lot of, I believe, San Gabriel Valley and Southern California ha have a lot of collectors that live here, um, and we needed one. And the hardest part was finding a place. Um, I just couldn't find a good enough spot for it to work. Um, but I talked to the owner of Frankenson and, uh, me and him worked something out and we partnered up with a few more people to make this happen. And it was really exciting. You know, even day one, after our first board meeting of discussing what our plan was, we, we hit the floor hard we started working right away and we got a lot of this stuff done early. So these last few weeks are been pretty nice and we're all just having fun because we've kind of met our goal on a lot of stuff. Putting it all together was just kind of all natural for me. And uh, I kind of, I'm kind of took the role of the leadership there in the partnership because I have more of the knowledge with the industry. I have a lot of connections with uh, other video game vendors, collectors, and um, it was just 
kind of like a dream comes true to have like an arena to do this in. Because if you rent like what is it, LA Convention Center or Anaheim Convention Center, that's like fifty to seventy thousand dollars for a weekend. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's, that's just a not, huge expense. That's just not you're not gonna happen really for me, you know. So it's natural to have grow to get partners on something this big. Because there's a lot of workload that goes into all this. And um we're just all super humbled to finally have this finally happening happening. And what I want out of this is people to enjoy themselves, to come over there, and we're offering free admission, you know. Um you know, we're not making, I think we're just breaking even as far as um, uh, money because um, we just want this to happen so badly. We're not in it for the money. We're in it. So all the collectors from California or either anybody else around the world that wants to come over could experience this and have fun. And that's our. That's always been my core role since day one. Ever since I opened up the table uh, at Frank Sons, I wanted the customer experience to be a positive one and memorable. And... Um, I'm really looking forward to this expo. I'm really excited. Awesome. How many booths are going to, like, how many, like, how big is our floor space? How, like, what's going on? I'm super excited for this, and I'm coming, as you know. So, but tell us, what does the floor layout look like? The floor layout's really big. Um, As far as specs, I'm sorry. It's not my division, and I don't know. Um, But if you go on uh, SoCal Retro uh, Gaming Expo, excuse me, SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com, um, if you tap on the vendors tab, you will see a whole map laid out. Okay. And it'll tell you all the specs there. Um, uh, the booth space are 10 by 10, tables are 6 by 10, uh, showcase table booths are 6 by 10. And we're probably going to be fitting, I would say, 70 spaces. And it'll probably be about, I would say, 50 unique different vendors. Oh, that's quite a bit. Uh, it's a big, it's a big spot. Yeah. Yes. And, um, I'm, not many people are familiar with the expo center inside Frankenstein's, but it's right in the middle. And we have to remember, Frankenstein's from all the vendors from 800 to 100, that's just like a quarter of what the space that Frankenstein's have. Like, they have so much space back there um, to utilize. Yeah, it is a, it's in a huge industrial area, and it, you know, it's just a gigantic warehouse. Um, so, yeah, it, I, when you look at it, you go, oh, it definitely has enough space to hold something like that. So, it, it'll be interesting... Yes. To, to be in that area because normally that's closed off unless they're having a special event or something. So I'm excited to kind of get in there and see what see what that looks like. Yeah, the owners are super excited too because this is like the first official professionally ran expo out there. Like we're blowing it up. And we're, we're hoping some more sponsors come in the way. I can't really disclose yet, but they we're hoping that they fall through because this will kind of make it even better. Awesome. Cat. But we already had confirmation from Pat the NES Punk. We had confirmation from Gamester81, and we had confirmation from Keith Robinson and the Blue Sky Rangers. So those are all set, ready to come, and I can't wait for for to see them again. Oh, that's uh, those are some pretty big names as far as um, you know, big big names within gaming, anyways. Right, exactly for us right. at least. So, Cat, uh, what about what do you want to know about this? Well, I think it might be interesting for our listeners to hear a little bit about uh, on the collecting side of things, um, maybe some of the things you enjoy collecting. I know you had mentioned Super Nintendo. So are there things that are goals in your collection or a system that you it's going to be like your top system? That's the one you really love? Um, it's a it's a toss-up between NES and SNES. Um, okay. I have a soft spot for NES just because that was my first console, and that's what introduced me to video gaming. 
Um, Atari 2600 was nice, but Nintendo just left a better impression on me. Um, but my main collection is my Super Nintendo collection. Okay, and awesome. And I'm... Starting to trickle on to more 16-bit era stuff, so I'm starting to collect more Turbo Graphics, PC Engine, Sega Genesis. Awesome! And if you had to pick one NES game, do you have a favorite or maybe a top three? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely a top three, but it's so hard to pick just one, isn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> no, that's why I gave you the option. One is like yeah. a really hard thing, so I thought maybe I'll give you a top three. That's easier. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you for that. Um, it's like picking between my kids, which one? It's impossible. Uh, so I would say um, the Mega Man X. I'm going to do it in series because I have to. <laughs> Mega Man yeah. X series is top number one. Chrono Trigger. And then I would say Super Metroid. Oh, all good picks. Yes, all absolutely. Um, I'm struggling and... between that and Turtles in Time, but I have to go Super Metroid. Uh, Turtles in Time okay. isn't that good. <laughs> yeah, it is. About? <laughs> it's fine. It, it's fine, but it's no Super it's Metroid. The most polished. Beat That's up. fine, but it's no Super Metroid. You shut your yeah. mouth, You're Steve. <laughs> no, uh, it's a it's a good game. I I just have a personal deep affection for Super Metroid. Yes, nice. but that makes you very biased in this situation. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine, maybe. Yes, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, that's really interesting to hear that the evolution from loving games from such a young age and going into collecting and how that's fueled everything right down to what you do for a career and then beyond to um, putting this expo together, which I think is really neat to see somebody have that much passion when it, it it's come across such a, a time span and it's traveled with you as you've grown up and as you've started your career. So I think that's a really neat and almost a very unique thing to have happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's been a humbling experience, all of it. And, um, you know, I, I'm enjoying every second of it. It's it's really fun. Awesome. Well, it's been really neat to hear about it because I, I think that's really exciting. And uh, I expect Johnny to send me lots of pictures of what's going on down there because, of course, I'm going to be stuck in Canada. But I want to know what's going on. Yeah, I will. I will keep you up to date. Uh, you know, expect some expect a few texts. I'll, I'll give you live updates as I'm there and also maybe a few to instagram while i'm while i'm there as well and i'm sure steve will have some uh-huh. coming out as well right you're gonna are you gonna punch yeah. while you're there that's just their main job during the expo's media blasting the whole week nice. yes so you'll see a lot of it and hopefully uh, next year our budget grows where we could just fly over here cat yeah there we go that would be awesome <laughs> yeah well th- then you got to get to the point where you have panels and people talk and um Yes, we are going to have panels. We're having. Oh, I uh, already uh, got that. Uh, the talent that I said they're they're going to oh, be they, having. Oh, they they're panel. not just booths. They have panels going on. Yeah, they have booths, and they're also going to have. Panels. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what we one of the things we do on the podcast, uh, one of our staples is we always talk about what we're playing and what we've just bought. So, Steve, as a guest, I want to hear from you first. What are you playing right now? Anything? Or are you just too busy? Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain just beat it last week, and it's left a good impression on me. <laughs> it's been in my mind all week. Yeah, you still think about it. Other than it. that, I've been playing Alien Crush. <laughs> what is Alien Crush? It's a pinball game for the total Oh, graphics. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I know Alien Crush. <laughs> you should know that, I, I know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I should know. If anybody should know that stupid yeah, game, it's me. We, we, we were fighting over uh, over that over the weekend with all, all, all of us and playing, and one of our friends made the biggest deal because he had like three million. Oh, no. 
points. Nice. Then I sat down to like 26 million. <laughs> oh, yeah, show off. <laughs> I was like, that was cute. Three yeah, million? All right. Nice. <laughs> okay. So, Kat, what are you playing right now? I'm getting into some Super Mario RPG because I finally actually have it again. I've had it. This is the third time I've had it. I'm holding on to this copy. So you you bought it. <laughs> For dear life. So now you finally get to uh, yeah. play it. Yes. So now I finally get to play it. It's been a long time. So I'm just going to get into that now. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, it's nice to have it. I felt like it was a hole I was missing in the collection. So it's definitely falling into that select Super Nintendo game. So I think that's going to be uh, a good addition. All right. And I am... I'm still playing pinball. This is like three weeks straight of, of nonstop pinball for me. All virtual pins. I, everyone's tired of hearing about it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so all of our listeners can understand that in some capacity or another, Johnny's infinitely playing virtual pinball. Yeah, well, it, it's just like I, I feel like I don't have the brain space right now because I've been so busy to sit down and like think about a game that like a complicated game with a, a big story, like something like Fallout. I play a little bit here and there, but I just don't have the mental space for it right now. So I'm just like, I have like 20 minutes to game, and I just want to do something real quick. So pinball, pinball is very easy to do in that span. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, you should pop in Alien Crush. I know you have five copies. <laughs> well, I might have a few cop. Yeah, I, yes. It's not five, it's three. <laughs> All the variants, right? A few of them. <laughs> uh, okay, so what have we what have we purchased, Steve? I know you are a collector too. Everyone will say, "Oh, you're a reseller," but no, you you collect. You are a 100% a collector. So, what have you bought for yourself? The Pirates of the Dark Dark Water I got for 125. Nice. Um, and it's complete, 100% with all the inserts. And what else did I just get? Uh, Gun Force. Oh, Gun Force. By Irem for the Super nice Nintendo, and that would make it 486 and 487. Oh, so you're moving moving along on that Super Nintendo set. <laughs> yes. Gonna catch me. Soon. Yeah, and if anybody wants to track uh, my collection as far as Super Nintendo, I'm sure Johnny will put a link on my personal Instagram as well as the company. Yeah, one. absolutely. And Kat, what about you? What have you bought lately? Well, what I bought is what I'm getting into, uh, the complete Imox coffee of Super Mario RPG. Not pristine, but I also got it for a really great deal, so I'm not complaining. So it's kind of been really heavy on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> well, Super Nintendo is my favorite system, so that's okay with me. Yeah, I know you right. have no objection to yeah. it. <laughs> no, not really. No objections, no. Uh, for awesome. me, I, you know, I'm always buying. Uh but one of the things I just got was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I have the Beholder for Super Nintendo. That was like one of the things I got. I uh, found a copy. Uh, I had a cart, but I finally found the box in the manual to wrap it up in. And I got nice. Kirby's Return to Dreamland for the Wii. Oh, awesome. So, oh, yeah. nice. That one kind of climbed up there, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, you know, it got to be over a $30 game, which is unfortunate when you're when you're buying anything for the Wii. You're like, oh, ugh, more than, especially because I just went on this spree where I bought like a hundred Wii games for like two dollars each, and to spend like thirty-five dollars on one is a good price for that game because it's usually over forty. But yeah, that is a good price. You yeah, did good. So, and I saw I saw your recent pickups for the Wii. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, it. You know, I've been chugging along quietly with with the Wii. I I, I talked about it before, but it's like buying games. Uh, the buying game equivalent of watching bad movies. 
that that's what it <laughs> that, and you know because like some of the t- one of them i just got was hotel for dogs but oh man yeah we has a lot of garbage oh, so down much. There. <laughs> but i also got like pets uh my veterinarian like what the hell like such garbagey titles uh, so you're not gonna sit down and play no, that never. extensively, like the pinball? Nope. Uh, you're not. You're not gonna play your big box, Je- uh, Jennifer McCarthy. Uh, oh <laughs> no, God, that game was just. Uh, yeah, one of my least favorite games in my. People are like, well, why would you buy it? I'm like, well, I kind of enjoy that it's so horrible. So that's part of the reason. People always ask me, why are you buying all these stupid Wii games? Because I want to. But that's it. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> I don't have a better reason. It was there. I had the money, and I'm at. You want complete sets? Yeah. That, well, that's the other thing is, if I ever decide to complete the Wii set, you know, I'm gonna need all these garbage titles. But I. <laughs> well, that's are fair. you gonna open up a museum, Johnny? Um, no, probably not. I don't want people <laughs> touching my stuff. No. I... No, it'll be behind glass. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, absolutely. No, I would love to have like some sort of museum where people could walk through. You know, I like to. To share, I'm not I'm not one of these weirdos who like locks up my stuff in a in a vault and is never seen again. I'm just like that's so much money, you know. I put my stuff on display and that's why I'm on Instagram because I like to share what I have because I love collecting and I love sharing it with people. Yeah, I personally saw your collection. I think it was in 2011, and I just for some reason I you always told me that you have a lot and everything, but a lot and everything just doesn't formulate you know, visual until you actually see it. Yeah. <laughs> And when I went to go see it, I was like, holy, okay. It's, it's a lot of games. <laughs> this guy is legit. Yeah, it's a lot of games. Uh, I've spent some money. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, oh, I think before we wrap it up, we're about to, but I want to get all the details on the expo again. So why don't you run through time again, location, and how much money it doesn't cost to get in. Right. It's a completely free expo. All the co- competitions are completely free. Um, so that saves all the money um, for you put in your pocket so you get use it to buy stuff to put in your collection. Um, it will be January of this year, um, the 30th and 31st. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, and they'll be open both days, 9 to 5. Awesome, and that's in the City if of Industry. If you want to follow um, either our Instagram page um, at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, um, you can also go online and, and kind of see up to date of what's happening at SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to contact. Okay. And how do we find you on Instagram personally? Oh, my personal Instagram um, is um, dammitsteve. And you will go ahead and write it down for everybody to see because it's a little difficult to spell okay. out because it's, uh, there's some periods in between here and there. Okay. So go ahead and look at the whatever post uh, of this uh, video um, informational section that will be on there as well as uh, Super Video Game Bros. Same name for everything, Facebook, um, uh, Instagram and website, and also the store physical location. Yes, in Diamond Bar, California. And Cat, what about you? How do we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Cat Sylvania, K A T S E L V A N I A. And I'm Johnny Ayuchi. That's Johnny J O H N N Y underscore I U C C I on Instagram, and you can always find me on my website as well, GameOverJohnny.com. All right, everybody, that's our show for today. Hope to see you guys at the expo. Be sure to comment and let us know if you're coming.